Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag BYU. First and ten, Cougars under center again with the play fake. Wilson in the pocket, throws over the top, and it is caught in the end zone. What a throw. Touchdown. Carter Wheat, the third tight end for BYU. What a throw. Play fake. Toward the end zone. That's another knife right there for the touchdown. It's hard to defend. Split the defense. There aren't a whole lot of quarterbacks across the country that can make that throw. And Zach Wilson just showed you exactly how good he actually is. Pressure, and Wilson recognized it. Streaks straight up the middle, still spinning. Dives for the end zone. Touchdown. What a great run. His third rushing touchdown of the game. And that one took some skill. We are watching one of the best college football players in the country. That's the play-by-play as BYU beat out beat Louisiana Tech 45-14. PK, that one was over in the second quarter. Wilson running and throwing for touchdowns. Five in all when it was all finished. A 45-14 win that has left everyone asking, how good are the Cougars? They're pounding Conference USA teams. Yes, they are. I mean, it's no doubt about it. What is it? Uh, the average, uh, well, the scoring margin all total is like 148 to 24. Wilson completing 83% of his passes. I mean, those are just ridiculous numbers, man. They're really, really good. You have to look at those numbers and say, well, you know, I guess the competition isn't great, but the numbers, as uh, one of our mentors once said, the numbers are astounding. There it is. I like it. So good work. They are. Really are incredible. And just how good is this team? I think right now you have to surmise that they're pretty good. That is the question of the morning. It is up on our Facebook page, and we will get to that coming up. Pete Thamel is going to join us, National College football writer for Yahoo Sports. Bill Conley, National College football writer for ESPN. We'll see what they think of the Utes, who are uh, just crushed Louisiana Tech. Huge favorites against UTSA next week to go 4-0. The Utes? The Utes, the Cougars, and the average score as PK, as PK uh, just alluded to, 49-8. One of these guys has BYU in his college football playoff top four. And he better not have him fourth. He does. Well, that's a joke right there. I'm going to attack him. <laughs> BYU 15th in the Associated Press Top 25 and the Amway Coaches Poll. Cougars Saturday afternoon against Texas San Antonio. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Peyton across the far sideline, out of bounds, it's over. Arkansas wins the ball game. The streak ends in Starkville tonight as the Hogs knock off the 16th ranked team in the country, 21 to 14, our final score. It's a happy group of Razorbacks. Sam Pittman gets his first win as the Razorback head coach. Arkansas beats Mississippi State, and that's pretty sweet when you haven't won a conference game since 2017. And for Mississippi State, and the air raid looked awesome one week, and then really not not so much week two. Yeah, that's Mike Leach, though, isn't it? 
There's been some up and down in his career, yes. Is that I'll, calling it the full leech experience? The full leech? You get the full leech roller coaster? It's an e-ticket ride. Alabama challenged briefly by Texas A&M. It was 14-all, and then Bama blew the game wide open, so 52-24, they keep rolling. Clemson over Virginia, 41-23. And then Georgia had no problem handling Auburn, so a little separation there, Auburn. Not so much. They have to back away from the elite group now. Maybe maybe Florida can hang with Georgia and Alabama because it looks like LSU and Auburn are out of that pool. Big 12 is going to beat itself up, apparently, PK. Texas escaped against Texas Tech, but not so fortunate at TCU. I don't know why you have to stretch the ball across the goal line on first and goal with 250 to play. Seems like you should just, all right, I'm tackled. Let's go see if we score on second and goal. That was a risky play, and he got stripped, and that was the ball game. Just like that? Just <laughs> like that. So Oklahoma State, now the uh, last undefeated team in the Big 12. Iowa State gave Oklahoma a second straight loss, 37-30. Man, you haven't beat a team at home since 1960. It's a little bit of a, little bit of a dry spell there, 60 well, years. Well, a specific team, not a team. Right, Iowa team. State had not beaten Oklahoma at home since 1960. Yeah, that was tough for me because we both quarterbacks for each team. The starters are from the Phoenix area, so it was hard for me to pick which one I hate more. So I went with uh, I went with Oklahoma to lose. It was more rejection of Herm Edwards. The other guy was more rejection of Todd Graham. So they got it done. It was an entertaining game, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Lead changes back and forth, big plays, special teams, offense, the whole bit. And it featured a coach melting down at the end because he thought there was a jersey tug there and pass interference on the interception, which... He was right, but they weren't calling at the end of the game, so they lose, and Oklahoma's out of the top 25. I think the Big 12's going to beat itself up and open up a spot for a 7-0 Pac-12 team, or you think they're going to open up a spot for a second team from the SEC? I think that a 7-0 Pac-12 team does need not need to worry about what the Big 12 does, nor do I think a second SEC team needs to worry about what the Pac-12 or the Big 12 do, because I think under those scenarios, that's going to be the case. But I just don't know if the Pac-12 can get anybody in. I mean, yesterday, Brady Breeze now announced he's leaving, going to opt out and join uh, preparation for the draft. He's a, a guy who's really dirty for Oregon. I mean, the, basically Oregon, their entire secondary now is gone. And that is not uh, something they anticipated. It wasn't like the Utes who knew their secondary was going to be gone and go to the NFL. These are guys that are all opting out. So to me, the clear and overwhelming favorite now is SC, not Oregon. But nevertheless, any team that goes 7-1, I think will happen. They'll get themselves in. Utes got a chance. I mean, they were given somewhat of a gift by playing Oregon State at home in their crossover game and what was announced on Saturday. So I think the Pac-12 has a legitimate shot to get in. Somebody's got to go 7-0, but they rarely go undefeated. The Big 12 is now experiencing what the Pac-12 has been experiencing for years. It's, it's not beat each other up and all that stuff. I mean, that's cliche. It's that one team is capable of administering a loss to the best team, and we saw that last year with Oregon. If that's beating yourself up, I guess that's the definition. But it's something that we've seen all, every single year, and I expect it'll happen again this year. 
Well, I'm the one who threw the whole 7-0 and discussion out there, but you know there's still a chance that uh, you know USC and Utah and Arizona State all split head-to-head and, you know, again, back to the beat-each-other-up cliche. There's no guarantee. And actually, Kyle Whittingham brought up the fact, well, there's no guarantee that the champion's going to get to play seven games. You know, there could be games postponed. And yeah, well, we, so. we're not going to talk about that until it happens. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Toss sweep goes to Chubbin on an end around. They give it to Landry, and he's going to fire down the field into the end zone. Touchdown, Odell Beckham Jr. Around the horn they went. It went from Mayfield to Chubb to Landry, and the old southpaw fired it down to OBJ in the end zone. Here's Mayfield on a reverse. They're going to give it to Beckham. He's rolling to the right and running. He's up to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, 35, 30. There he goes to the 20, 15, 10. 10-5, touchdown, OBJ, he's got a hat-trick. The Cleveland Browns taking control of that game in the second quarter. 24 unanswered points, and they beat the Cowboys 49-38. to Cleveland is 3-1. They don't get to 3-1 very often. I mean, it's early and there's a long way to go, but at least there's hope in Cleveland. They'll start 1-3 and, and bury themselves. And the Cowboys, 1-3. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, the Cowboys have the big fourth quarter comeback, and then they decide to try to pooch the uh, somewhat of an onside kick to allow Cleveland to just get great field position, and there was well over two minutes to go. Didn't really seem to be the right decision at that point. They run the reverse, and Beckham scores, and that puts them out there to where they don't have to worry about blowing a lead the way the other teams have done against the Cowboys, notably the Falcons. Well, the good news for the Cowboys, even the 1-3 is a brutal start. Nobody in that division has two wins yet, so they're right in the middle of everything. Philadelphia picked up a win. Uh, they beat the Niners 25-20. to The Niners, lots of injuries there. Uh, they're, they're awfully shorthanded, so Philly picks up a win. Tom Brady and the Bucks they got down big. They were down 17, but then uh, Brady had a pick six that was part of the problem there, but he came back with five touchdown passes, and they rallied to beat the Chargers 38-31. So the Buccaneers are 3-1, and one, which looks pretty good. The only team at 4-0, and oh, the Seahawks winning again. And you got the Packers who are 3-0 and oh playing Monday Night Football tonight. But if you're looking for the elite in the NFC, there's – Three teams look pretty good. The Bears, not so much. They they got beat, so they're now 3-1. and one. Their, their undefeated start comes to an end. Just going to ride Seahawks all the way, PK. You liked them at the start of the year. They're 4-0, went cross-country and beat the Dolphins. 16 touchdown passes for Russell Wilson here out of the gate in four games. Yeah, I picked him to be my MVP of the NFL this year, and I picked Seattle to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, so certainly I'm going to stick with that. KC and Seattle were my picks, and as you say, very much a long way to go. We're barely getting started here. I don't put a whole lot of stock in the first ball, first four ball games. Although if you're four and zero and zero and four, well, then that's just that says something. But there's still plenty of time. Zero and four might be tough to come back from, but four and zero really doesn't mean anything. It's a great start. You can't get any better than that. But I think if you look a little deeper, Seattle, I think, is really good. And I think Russell Wilson is really good. I said it all summer that I never, th- I didn't think that he was put on the plateau that I thought he should be put, put on. And maybe maybe he feels that way, too, or maybe it's just uh, the way things are. Maybe it's a combination of both. But 
he certainly is a superstar in my and most people's eyes now. So I think the thing now to watch with Seattle is uh, how good is their defense? They're giving up 27 points a game, and if you're going to be an elite team, that seems like a lot of points to be given up. I mean, games are higher scoring, and I know they tend to trend down over the course of the season, so you don't have to uh, you know, hit the panic button and all that. And they got Russell Wilson and a really good, uh, well-balanced offense. I mean, they got Carson back after that leg roll, and he wasn't practicing early in the week, but he came back and he piled up some pretty good stats. You know, the offense scores 31 points again. So they get away with it, but it just seems like if you're going to be good, that defense is going to have to shut somebody down at some point. All right. We got one Seattle Seahawks doubter here. Only of their defense. So you ready for uh, more bonus NFL football tonight? The uh, Chiefs and Patriots are supposed to be the good, the big game. Postponed. Cam Newton test positive, so no... Cam Newton, that'll take a little of a luster off the game, but still 3-0 Chiefs versus the 2-1 Patriots. 5 o'clock on CBS tonight, and then ESPN, they push the kickoff back about half an hour. It's going to kick off at 6.50. So there'll be a little overlap, but uh, be a couple hours before the second game kicks off with the 3-0 Packers and the 0-3 Falcons in the second game on ESPN. I'm boiling my mouth guard as we speak. Sweet! I like it. Get the game face on. Did you ever boil a mouth guard? Uh... No. I have. <laughs> Boiling the mouth guard. Multiple times I've had to boil mouth guards. You never played any form of football. Uh, Yeah, but I didn't wear a mouth guard. Wow, you're tough. Well, it was flag football. It's any form of football. Oh, okay. I don't know, yeah. But I was a slow guy, so I was blocking, so I still could have gotten hit in the face, so pretty lucky there. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Four in the shot clock. Butler turns around, step back, the fade away. Got it to go, Butler. 28 points now, Jimmy Buckets. Butler backing down. Inside against Pope. Butler turns inside. Tough shot. Got it to go, Butler now with 34 points. Against Morris off the glass, up and in. Jimmy Butler with 40 points. 12 assists, 10 rebounds. What else can he do? First, I just wanted to clarify. It looked like you said you're in trouble. Is that what you said? That is what I said. Okay. We're not going to act like I'm just out there talking trash because I'm not. Brian said it to me at the end of the first. That's what happened. I just said it to him in the fourth quarter. Miami wins game three. 2-1 now in the NBA Finals. Jimmy Butler with 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. The Heat get the win. That was an awesome performance by Butler, but it brings up the question, do you think he can do it three more times, PK? Or is there another path to victory for Miami? Or this is just the one you get off the Lakers because they lost one game in each of the first three playoff series, and now they've lost one in the fourth. Haven't lost a second game in any series yet. We'll see if the Heat can do it. We'll have to see if the other two injured players for the Heat are coming back. I don't know what their status is. So if you're going to require Butler to do this three more times, well, then no, he's not going to do it three more times. He's a great player. I've been saying that he's all league, all NBA first team since they've been down there in the postseason, and he showed it. He's really incredible. Uh, Hero, another Kentucky guy. When in doubt, choose a Kentucky guy. More often than not, you'll be just fine in that way. Kentucky guys just seem to know how to ball. We saw with Jamal Murray here for the Nuggets. Uh, so does uh, Gorich and get himself healthy and same with Adebayo because that then they can have a shot. If not, no, but it was a heck of a game. 
by Jimmy Butler. Great, great performance. One of the better performances I've ever seen in NBA Finals. Big game for Butler. Lakers up 2-1, to one, and game four is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said it's unlikely the NBA will take a break next summer for the Olympic Games. He said, we'll consider it. I think it's unlikely at the end of the day that if if we start late and then we stop for the Olympics, well, as you know, it's just a function of stopping. It's not just a function of stopping for the period in which they're competing in Tokyo. They're going to require training camp and then some rest afterwards. So the NBA may just roll through the games. And, of course, that supposes that the Olympics are going to happen. And it's a ton of questions for 2021. But I think with the way everything's going, that's not really surprising out of PK, that they would be considering playing through the Olympics. Well, yeah, I'm not going to be worried about stuff that's eight, nine, ten months ahead. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. American League Divisional Series starts today. Had the weekend off. It's game one for the Astros in the Athletics. Dodger Stadium, 2 o'clock. And then the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays in San Diego. Petco Park, 6 o'clock. Both those games are on TBS. So you got the Athletics, who have a history of struggle in the postseason, but uh, took a two out of three series here to advance. And then you got the Astros, who had a losing record in the regular season. What you got in that series, PK? Uh, I'm going to go Oakland. You know, we boost this up to three out of five now, right? Yes. And then the next ones are four, four out of seven. seven. Yeah, so they've maintained the uh, regular format because this is what it would normally be, if I remember correctly. Uh, this would be the traditional first round. Well, now it's the second round since they added that. So I think that the, the longer a series goes, the, the more I would favor the team that I believe is better. And in this case, it would be Oakland. And so then the Rays better than the Yankees? Well, I picked the Rays to go to the World Series, so yes. Rays and Yankees. The Yankees, can they bash their way there? The Rays are in the same division. The Rays won the AL East. So uh, TBS for both those games. And then the National League will start tomorrow. Baseball Hall of Famer Bob Gibson passed away over the weekend. And, and PK, I can just barely remember the end of his career, but... My dad remembered his whole career, and man, Bob Gibson, that was the name you said, and there was, there was hushed tones and awe in the room, because Bob Gibson was the man. Well, I don't, you don't have to remember anything. You can just look it up, and uh, that's good enough. I mean, that's, that's the entire point of studying history. Uh, the thing that really struck me, I was listening. I had to be up at 5.30 in the morning on Saturday, so I turned on the MLB network as I was driving my daughter to school for a band participation and uh, competition is the word I'm looking for and so I was a little bleary eyed but I heard a stat that was just really just incredible so he won 251 games right and they said he completed 255 games 255 completed games you could take what do they play about 3,000 games not this year but in a given season with 162 I'm not sure you total the entire season from, you know, the end of March to the end of September. And in the way the game is played today, you would come up with 255 games that were completed by a starting pitcher in a single season. So this is the one case we always argue is better in my day. Well, when it comes to complete games, without question, in Bob Gibson's day, you could say it was better in my day. He can, if he can play 255 games, man, that is amazing. 
1968 was his big year. He was the uh, MVP in the regular season. That's just the Cy Young winner. He was the MVP, and then he pitched his team to the World Series title, and he was the MVP in the World Series. And they actually changed the rules and changed the mound because he was so dominant. Lower the mound. Take the advantage away from the pitchers. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL beaten by LAFC 3-1 last night. LAFC, elite goal scorers, didn't create that many chances, but they finished them. They scored. RSL had some chances, put them over the bar, put them to the left uh, on a header, should have uh, been on frame, put it to the left. Didn't get those chances back, didn't get any more, and they get beat. And PK, you got to wonder, with new ownership coming in, as the league keeps spending more money, are they going to spring for the... Uh, the more expensive, the five or ten million dollar player, his salaries go up and his transfer fees go up. Who doesn't need three or four chances to score a goal? Who can score a goal on one or two chances? Because LAFC's got that, and that difference that showed last night. Well, money matters, man, in all sports. Yep. Now it's not the exclusive be-all. You can mismanage how you spend your money, but if you manage it well, or you can cover up mistakes. So if you don't spend it well over here, but you spend it well over there, it can cover up the blemish of not spending it well over there. Well, that's a little bit what LAFC has because although right. they didn't give up, yeah, they didn't give up a lot of goals last night. Uh, they have had games. Well, the last time they were here, they gave up three goals and lost. So, and their goal scoring has uh, has covered up for the defensive issues that uh, pop up from time to time. So for RSL. No rest for the weary man. Right back at it. Seattle leading the West. They're at Seattle Wednesday night. Another team that spent some money on some uh, some good players and has gotten results for it going to the uh, well, the defending champs. And they've they've been in the final three times in four years and won it twice. So they're in first place again. It'll be a second meeting there. Uh, just like this, this is our house. <laughs> DJ and PK, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system. With the purchase of any water softener, it's Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690, that's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up next, Pete Thamel, National College Football Writer for Yahoo Sports, joins us to talk about the Cougars, how good they are, the Pac-12, how it's going to shake out. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. What is Ash Wednesday? You're supposed to give up something as a sign of penitence for the next six weeks. If you were to give something up, what would you be willing to give up? Would you park where you're supposed to? Take up one stall only. You know, I didn't do a very good job of parking. I will say that. Did you cross four stalls again? No, but I was on the line. So you're taking up two instead of four, but you still... No, no, I was taking up one, but I was in a hurry. You did that on purpose. You're taking up two spots. No, no, Yes, you did that on purpose. It's not like the lines are bright yellow. They're hard to see. Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Question of the morning. What has the BYU football team proven so far? The Cougars off to a 3-0 start. Average score, 49-8. They have crushed Navy, Troy, and Louisiana Tech. 
I think we're all anticipating 4-0 with UT San Antonio coming to town. How good are they? PK, they're getting some national writers writing really nice things about them. And uh, Pete Thamel, Bill Conley, scheduled to join the show later this morning. So you put it up on Facebook, and this will shock you, but you fans really want no part of it. Cougar fans are hopping aboard. It's funny, BYU still moves the meter. There's just no doubt about it, man. They always have since, you know, modern times, so to speak. I don't know that they always will, but they always have, and they are right now. <laughs> They're absolutely moving the needle. Rob says, BYU is beating the teams they're supposed to beat. In the past few years, there are many, many examples when this was not the case. Perhaps they are learning how to win even when they are expected to. Well, I think there's some truth to that because of the fact that they've got a lot of third-year starters or guys who have played significantly, have significant playing time. I think that's the factor. That's the key factor here is that they invested in a lot of younger players the last couple years, and now they've got experience, and they're just better than these teams that they're playing, and then combined with the experience, so they're better to begin with. Then you add the experience, right? And then you end up with not only they're better, they're blowing out caliber better. Blowing them out caliber better. That's yeah. like a new category. But it oddly, is. I get what you're getting at. Because it would be one thing to be 3-0 and right now and having won a game 24-14. to But there's no 24-14 to in this mix. It's, uh, you know, you can say, hey, this game was over in the second quarter pretty much every right. time they play. So. Well, when you're three and zero, and they should be three and zero, we understand that, right? There's no uh, surprise that they're three and zero. But when you dive deeper beyond the three and zero, I mean, Zach Wilson completing eighty three percent of his passes after three games, he's like sixty for 70, 72, something there in those 60 lines. Sixty for seventy one. Yeah, those. That's just an incredible completion percentage. You can't argue that. He has as many touchdowns as he does in incompletions. It's amazing. That's true. And yet, you can roll through these comments. Brandon says, it proves that they have a weak schedule. Ryan says, what have they proven? Uh, That they're a lot better in Navy, Troy, and Louisiana Tech. I guess that's it. We all want to. We all want to extrapolate it. We all want to say, "Hey, what would this matter if they were playing fill in the blank school?" Whoever you're watching on TV, I mean, the Utes because of the in-state rivalry, the teams that were on their schedule. All right, well, you go deeper than that. You listen to some experts, Andre Ware. Not a whole lot of players can make that throw. He's one of the best players in college football. Blah blah blah. So is he saying that he's one of the best players in college football against weak competition? No, he's not adding that qualifier. He's just saying that he's one of the best players in college football. And right now, he's Zach Wilson, it's impossible to argue that he's playing at an extremely high level. Rick says they're 3-0 and ranked 15th. Just one game at a time and good things could happen for this team. They have some pretty good opponents coming up. Everything on paper, I get your point, Rick, but the three teams that at least have the best brands, the best reputation, are 
Houston, Boise State, and San Diego State, and none of them have played a game yet. Yeah, none of them played a game, so it's very hard to say. Uh, San Diego State coming off a yeah, San Diego State's coming off a coaching change from last year, and Houston's coming off a four win season. Right. You know, well, the Aztecs is still several months away and weeks away, so obviously when we get to that point, we'll have a real good idea of exactly where both teams stand when you're playing the second week in December. Uh, you know, over time, maybe that the coaching change could have a negative effect. I don't know that it would have a dramatic effect this season, but I can't say that. And the good thing about that is I don't really have to worry about that. That that'll speak for itself when we get there. So that that there's no no reason to speculate how good or bad San Diego State is because we'll find out. There's still many many games to go. Boise's a little bit different. Houston is definitely different because they haven't been able to play a game. And we're already into October, and that's unusual on its own merit. And then the fact that uh, they were scheduled to play games, so it's even beyond bizarre <laughs> if there's such a category uh, with them. So I don't know about either of those teams. Uh, I suspect Boise will be okay. Uh, but we still have, uh, what, five weeks? Four it's weeks, a month away. Now. Yeah. yeah, before we get to that point. Uh, but I, I just don't think you can dismiss these just dominating wins as well. That's just competition. Because it's too off the charts. You thought La Tech was going to give it better. I, mean, I did. I thought, I thought Louisiana Tech would score some points, and they hit on a big play, and it's 7-7. Yeah. And then there was nothing until they got a right. garbage time touchdown in the fourth quarter. Right. Defense came up with a couple interceptions and stopped them on downs multiple times. So I, on the other hand, in my complete and total brilliance, Thought that that that's the way it was going to be. Oh, you're a, you're a hater. A hater of whom? Of Cougars. You were rooting against an extra point. I Come was. clean, PK. Come clean. I did because I had said 37, and that last now it didn't matter because they uh, got Law Tech lead. got the te- the yeah. touchdown anyway. But there was a chance there. Uh, I think in all our predictions over the years, I think I only hit the score right right on once. And so this time I didn't even really give a score. I gave a margin of victory, and I did go 37. And if they would have missed that extra point there, it would have been 37 on the button. But, again, LaTeX scored. But I said uh, 54 as the over-under, and you wanted me to go higher. I, I just didn't see LaTeX scoring that many points, and I thought BYU would call off the dogs, like you've been saying, yeah. to an extent when you put in Romney. And Romney's a capable quarterback. He's proven that. But I just don't know that they're going to have as wide open in an offense when he comes in the game because you, you don't want to do any razzle-dazzle stuff. You don't want to embarrass the opponent. It's just not a good look, particularly if you're Christian. And BYU, you know, they're Christian. I got to admit, I thought LaTeX was going to get to 20. Thought there'd be a short field or something in there for him, but nothing. No, you pretty much have to count on a fumble yeah. because Zach, you know, he threw that one interception. I think Powell got bumped off the route uh, in the Navy game. But other than that, I don't know that there's been chucking it up for grabs or guys, DBs dropping balls. Maybe there has. I can't remember. Yeah, a deflected, pass. a deflected ball. I mean, they had a turnover on special teams the week before. It can, it can pop up anywhere. Uh, Not happening yeah. though. It uh, didn't. It can, but I don't expect it to happen. Uh, with, with that in mind, uh, they just, 
They got it going on. And I, I just don't see how you can deny it. And their their coaches are telling me that as they review the film, they don't see a whole I brought this up last week. They don't see a whole lot of difference between the competition they're playing now and generally speaking, the competition that was in the WAC slash Mountain West. Not high-end competition. I'm talking the bulk of the competition. The UNLVs and the New Mexicos. Yeah, I mean, we all know the names. Uh, so Wyoming and, for a long time there. And they're pulverizing them. They're just absolutely pulverizing them. And also, too, I can tell you that the coaches are very much aware that uh, these uh, trips to Southern California to work with the guru, they're sort of laughing on that. In what way? Well, they respect what John Beck has done, but they also are laughing that it has been a central theme in the broadcast. I mean, it's replaced, replaced Lisa Wilson's cameo. Well, just like, uh, like, wait a second here. I mean, John, John's good at what he does, but we kind of do some stuff up here too. We got it. Yeah. (laughs) So they're aware of what's being said. I can tell you that, uh, uh, multiple, multiple, uh, opportunities of, uh, communication that I've been able to, uh, glean from them and they're having fun with it we practice here too you know and we watch film too when you win you can have fun with it and and they're winning and they got a they got a good ball club and i i I love this rivalry though this is a great rivalry because there's very few game uh, programs rivals i should say that uh would be wow they're playing garbage competition blah 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 I don't even think, you know, I've lived in in Arizona and California, obviously, and worked in Pac-12 markets. This is the third Pac-12 market that I've worked in. I brought that up on TV last night, and probably, most likely, I suspect it will be the last Pac-12 team market that I work in. I don't think I'm going to get another job, and hopefully I can keep on hold of this one for a few years. But I don't think in L.A. right now, if one team was 3-0, and the fans of the other fan base would say, yeah, but who would they play? They'd be more concerned about their program. They'd be talking about their program rather than the other guy. Well, who have they played? And here you're getting it, as you just said, from a lot of Ute fans. Because it's a rival. And it's a great, great, passionate rivalry. Here's one for you. Where uh, where did it go right here? I think it's down here. Um, what have they proved? Oh, yeah, it's Steven. Uh, what have they proven? Well, they've proven they can compete compete successfully in the Sun Belt Conference. <laughs> oh, n- nice, Stephen. Well played. Proper amount of sarcasm right there. Uh, let's see. They played one Sun Belt team. Uh, one Sun Belt, one Conference, one USA, USA, and, and one American. American. Yeah. One America, yeah. Right. Yeah. Of their second Conference USA this week. Right. And then they'll get their second A-A-C. American. Yeah. And then their second Sun, sun Belt. Sun Belt with well, Texas State. So we're going yeah, to cute. But the thing is, like, which conferences will play non-league games? So that's who you've got. Well, when they made the schedule, that's what it was. But we've since found out 
that at least one other conference will play non-league games, and that's the Mountain West. So who's to say in November when you've got those buys uh, uh, currently scheduled that there isn't somebody else who needs a game? Yeah, based on whatever's going on on that crazy weekend in the wacky year that is 2020. And I would think that if they have an opportunity to play a Big 12 or Pac-12, the two most likely because they're the closest east and closest west, that I think Tom Homo would take them up on that opportunity. And it would be an, another chance. They're going to – if they if it gets out that fill-in-the-blank Pac-12 team wanted to play them, fill-in-the-blank Big 12 wanted to play them, and they said no – I think they would take a lot of grief for it. So they're almost forced at this point to say yes. And I think they would, you know, as long as the safety, you know, he's got that qualifier this year and you have to have the conditions to make it such. And if those things are checked off, I think they do play them. And if they should lose, so be it. But if they should win, there's a lot more to gain, I think, than there is to lose. We'll see. So the great thing about this schedule is like when Rich Rod was down there at Arizona, uh, we had him on. So you're playing BYU. Uh, you like that? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I remember. I remember. Right a, yeah. yeah, I remember. No, he wants to play a dog. Now they end up losing that game, if I remember correctly. I think that might have been the uh, game at the Cardinal Stadium. Uh, 12-year-old Olroyd kicked a game-winning field goal. It was Kalani's first game. No. So you can't criticize BYU for their scheduling this year because – this is not the schedule that they intended. This is a schedule that they were able to scrape together. So I can't criticize them for their scheduling because it's not of their choice. You can only play the hand you're dealt. And at one point, they were going to be playing Big Ten and Pac-12 and SEC teams. But it's not the way it worked out. Yeah. And you got to watch Missouri play now and think, well, they would have won that game. Uh, the way, yeah, Missouri and the way uh, BYU's playing. Although I wish they would have played uh, Missouri because I just wanted to be able to talk about Eli Drinkwitz. You just want to say Drinkwitz? Well, Eli, too. I mean, He's an eccentric fella. Yeah. I think it would have been cool. And to be able to talk about Eli Drinkwitz, that would have been fun that week, as it would any week. The, the schedule that they had would have been sensational combined with the team. And I have to admit, I expected BYU to be able to compete favorably, but now in an answer that will, a question that will never be answered, I am more intrigued than ever on how they would have done on this schedule because they are just looking phenomenal. You can't argue the way they look. You can argue the competition, but you can't argue that the way they look. No one's really arguing the way they look. It's more uh, Facebook is full of demeaning Comments on who they're playing. And honestly, are they playing teams that are middle to bottom third of the group of five? Probably how it's going to shake out. Maybe Louisiana Tech will be better than that. Well, yeah, Air Force just blew out. I was going to say, so Air Force handed it to Navy. That seems to be that that is conclusive that Navy, this isn't one of their better teams. And, and, and really, as you look at it, when you lose a Malcolm Perry – 
You're not replacing him. Yeah. I mean, he was sensational. He literally might have been the best option quarterback of the Air Force Academies and really the service academy, not Air Force Academy because he played the Navy. Naval but I'm academy. talking about all of the service academies that run that offense. He literally might have been the best that I've seen. Recognizing for me, my bias is always, I always have recency bias. In my mind, the best of is closer than longer away. D. Dallas has something to say about it. And I know, I know, you're right. You're <laughs> D. Right. Dallas! And I'd have to go through, and I saw a lot of those Air Force teams in person over the years. Over the, There's some know, good ones. You're 14 years that kidding. I worked for the Watchdog, a lot of times I was there either locally in person or over at the academy in person. And even here, since I've been working for the Zone, the Zone has been gracious enough to uh, put their money where their mouth is and have me travel for those. So I've been beyond after I quit the newspaper. So I'd have to go through and, and look. But Malcolm Perry was sensational, and Navy wasn't going to replace him the next year. No way. But BYU beat Navy 55-3, to and now Air Force is beating them 40-7. to So yeah. a trend is starting to emerge. Yes. Aside from the second half of the Tulane game, which they won 27 to nothing, they were down in the first half 24 to nothing. So right. they're 12 quarters in, and they've had two good quarters. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone. Uh, Yock is still tracking down Pete Thamel. Keep dialing that number, Yock. Uh, working on Bill Conley. National College Football Writer for ESPN. He's scheduled to join us in about 15 minutes. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. ESPN loves to put up the pictures of Drew Brees. And look, Zach Wilson took a picture with Drew Brees. And would drive out and spend time with John Beck. And John Beck's really helping him. You know, spending a couple hours or a couple of days, I, I know it can be influential. And it can help the mental ability and maybe the confidence of Zach. Let's not forget, Zach's great because of the commitment he's making to the game. But when we're talking about who's having influence and who's helping his game direct and, and advance, you can't go further than Aaron Roderick. Aaron Roderick's got the most impact. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller. Mark Miller Subaru, bringing you DJ and PK. Well, PK... You're a reporter and a journalist, and you're not supposed to have favorites. But sometimes, you know, you got some common history with somebody. You might have had a little witty repartee in the old parking lot a couple times with uh, BYU players who are from Arizona. I've seen that. And I was up at Utah practice once, and we were uh, interviewing a player, and you started to bond with him because he's from San Pedro. Nick Ford, giant offensive tackle for the Utes. And uh, I don't know if you saw him on Twitter this weekend, but he's throwing it out there. You know, there's so few games, and yet the polls go on, and there's so little information, right? We were just talking about BYU. You know, they're ranked 15th now in the AP poll. It's updated. And you got Oregon ranked 12th. They haven't played a game yet. And you got BYU who's ranked 15th, and they've played three games they were supposed to win, and they've, they've won them overwhelmingly, almost six touchdowns a game, right? They're just dominating. And then you got other teams that are receiving votes but aren't ranked, including USC and Utah. And Nick Ford on Twitter uh, saw the uh, poll, at least uh, with the West Coast teams, and uh, tweeted out L M F A O O O O O O O. 
I can't wait. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. <laughs> I can't wait for the games to start. <laughs> well, we... hopefully these games won't be delayed because of co 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 covid Good point. <laughs> can all agree on that. So I'm wondering which rankings crack him up. Is that strictly about, I mean, he doesn't add anything else to it. There's nothing else to that tweet. You know, and, and the Utes receiving votes and they have him out at, you know, 33rd. So does he think the Utes are much better than that? Or he doesn't think that uh, Oregon and USC and BYU are that good? Or thinks the whole West is underrated? I can guarantee you he thinks that Utah's better than... 33. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's a given. Every player believes his team is better, particularly when you haven't played a game yet. You haven't even really started training camp. You've just been lifting and running and doing that type of stuff for the last several weeks. So, as Bronco would say, you're anxious to play. Uh, so I'm sure he thinks his ball club is better than that. But that that that's exactly where you want to be if you're Utah. Because it's clear Whittingham, his teams respond for whatever reason better when they're doubted. When they're up there on a pedestal, they don't seem to do as well. But tell them they can't do it. Yeah. And then it's good times. I mean, they were getting more love December last year than Oregon was. Because Oregon had come off the loss to Arizona State. And Utah was receiving the love because they were beating teams and beating teams big time. Most of the games weren't even close. Most of the games were literally over, except for the zeros on the scoreboard in the middle of the third quarter. Yeah, the so, Arizona game, the UCLA oh, game, just, every, yeah, just, just virtually just every game. Blowouts. Except, you know, the SC game that they lost. And Washington. But the, the rest of them, and yeah, and Washington, but they, they took control late, but mm-hmm. not as early as they did in most of the other games. So they received a ton of love, and then they tripped over themselves in the Pac-12 title game. So I get it. Nick Ford's a young man. He's competitive. He's a fun interview. Uh, Pedro guy, like myself, lived there for many years, as, as he has. That's his hometown. It's not my hometown, but I lived there for many years. And so he wants to have fun with that. But the reality is for Utah, you're exactly where you want to be. 33. Eight spots outside the top 25 receiving votes. So you're good, but you're... Utah goes 7-0 and zero this year. They're in the playoff. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bill Conley, National College Football Writer for ESPN, coming up next.